This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. I am a pastor, right? Like vocationally, I'm a pastor. And um, so that means most of my week, most of my days are uh, focused on the things of God, right? Like uh, there's a lot that goes into um, organizing. You would, sometimes you wouldn't think it, but there's a lot of stuff that goes into making this morning happen every single week and making the, the, the uh, community groups and the serve teams and all the different things that we do around here happen. And so I'm consistently focused on the things of God. Do I sit around and pray all day like a monk? No, but my headspace is consistently on church and God and the Holy Spirit and scripture and how to sort of digest it for myself, but then also communicate it effectively to you guys and sort of encourage and, and, and challenge and inspire you to, 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 in your faith journey, all while consistently upholding my own faith journey and all of that. But the reality is that I consistently dethrone God in my life. Consistently. I am consistently choosing things above and before God. And I'm like a pastor, so you would think like I should be like a little more holy or whatever, but the reality is I'm consistently dethroning God. It's never intentional. I never wake up and I'm like, okay, so uh, God is going to totally take the back seat today and I'm going to focus, uh, I, I just, I need a personal day, right? I need a me day, all right? And God can just kind of hang out of that. That's never my like thought process or my intention, but the reality is, it, it, it happens, right? When things come up in life that are unexpected, when things come up in life that are sort of tough or hard, those things take front and center, and I'm like, oh yeah, God, yeah, God, yeah, he's, he's, he's part of the mix, but this is going on right now. This deserves my attention. This gets my focus. This is screaming the loudest in my life. And I start off by talking about me being a pastor because I'm intentional about having my mind and heart and things on the things of God consistently. Um, for you guys who have, like, other vocational responsibilities, right, um, I, I feel like it, you probably maybe struggle with some of the same things, right? Not that you're necessarily waking up saying, God's going to take the back burner today, today's all about me, but oftentimes I allow my problems, uh, my situations, uh, my circumstances, the surprises that come up in life, um, my fears, to oftentimes scream louder than the voice of God in my life. And I mean, there are, you know, many of us have good moments and bad moments, right? I mean, I'm not saying I'm like a hellbound sinner and I never think about Jesus, right? Like, just trying to be transparent here a little bit. But, uh, you know, many of us have good moments and bad moments. I think a lot of times, for, for many of us, our vision can get real cloudy, right? Like, if we're not super intentional, and even if we are super intentional, I feel like it happens to the best of us, that we have this, these times where things happen, and we get distracted, and we get off sight, we lose sight of who God is in reality to, to our situation. Our circumstance seems so massive and so huge and so monumental that it's like the biggest thing in the world, and we lose track of who God is in relevance to this problem or whatever that's, that, that we're facing currently. So I feel like our vision gets cloudy, we lose perspective a lot of times, but then I feel like also we have these good moments, these, these moments of clarity, where where 
you know, oftentimes it's, it, it happens in like a disaster situation or we're like when our back's against the wall and we've tried all other options and we're like, okay, I've tried everything else. Let's give God a shot, right? And then we've tried everything in our own power and all this stuff and then God comes through and it's this moment of clarity of like, oh yeah, I probably should have done this on the front end rather than the back end of this situation, right? Or we have these moments of clarity that sort of put things back into perspective for us. One of those... Um, Many of you guys know me and Rich went with Anthony Key, who's another guy here at the church, down to Mexico a few weeks ago, and um, we met with this, like, homeless family, and in three days, we built them a complete house. Like, we showed up, and there was, like, dirt, and we left, and there was, like, a house with windows and insulation and doors and a roof and a floor and everything, and so that, that I know, for both of us and for Anthony, this was, like, a moment of clarity. This was a moment of, like, man, we've gotten things so twisted, you know? We've gotten things so shifted in our perspective of thinking that the things that we think are like a really big deal are just not, you know? And so I feel like we oftentimes have these moments of clarity that sort of recenter us and bring us back to like, hey, yo, here's what's important. Here's kind of what you should be focusing on. Here's kind of what should orchestrate and organize your thought process and your fellowship of Jesus and all of that. And so last week, Rich started this series, um, Above the Noise, and he started, he started this thing off talking about hearing God, hearing the voice of God. And he shared different like ways to recognize and receive the voice of God, different ways to encounter the voice of God and ways to hear the voice of God. And so like I said, the podcast for that will be up this week if you want to check it out at centralchurch.cc slash podcast. But this morning what I want to do is I want to sort of piggyback off of that, off of hearing the voice of God, and I want to look at it from this idea of rising above the influence. I want to take this sort of idea and I want to look at it from the perspective of like hearing God as the primary rather than the secondary. Does that make sense? Hearing God as the primary rather than the secondary. Rather than trying all the other things first and then saying, okay, well, I guess I'll see what God has to say about that. Okay, I guess, you know, maybe I should pray about this and maybe some clarity will come then because God knows I've tried everything. Rather than it being that approach, when something comes up, when something happens in our life, when things start to shift, our perspective starts to shift, our vision starts to get cloudy, we start to lose sight of kind of, you know, reality and what's happening and what's important, that our first step would be trying to hear the voice of God above all the other things that are jockeying for our attention, that are jockeying for our direction and our guidance and the leadership of our life. Does that make sense? So I want to spend a few moments um, kind of talking through a few passages of Scripture and sort of how that relates to us. So let me pray, uh, and then we'll jump right in. God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you so much for what you're already doing in the hearts of the people in this room. God, we recognize you've been working on us before we even got here. That you go before us and that you have a plan for us. And God, this morning I pray that we would just shut everything else up for just a few moments so that we can clearly receive what you have for us today. God, we believe that nobody's here by accident. We believe that you have a plan. We believe that you have a purpose for each and every one of us. And God, just, just enable us to have ears to hear, eyes to see, a heart that's open to what you have for us today. God, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. So <clears throat> we're going to pick up in a passage of scripture uh, that's in the book of Matthew. So if you have your Bible, you can turn there or your tablet or your phone or whatever, or it'll be up on the screen um, as well. But we're picking up 
in this passage of scripture in Matthew where <clears throat> Jesus is teaching. And he's up on this mountainside, and a bunch of people have kind of gathered to hear him teach. And so it's outlined in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, and it's known as the Sermon on the Mount. This is like a portion of scripture. It's one of the largest segments of Jesus' teaching in scripture. And so he goes through, he starts off in chapter 5 with the Beatitudes, you know, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are this, blessed are that, whatever. And he goes through all these things. And then he goes through all these, like, moral instructions of, like, yo, you should do this, you should not do this. You should respond this way, not that way, blah, 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 blah. And so he's going through. So right in the middle of this passage, right, of Matthew chapter 5 through 7, right in the middle of all this, uh, there's Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 33. And that's what I want to look at this morning. And it's Jesus talking. And he says this, he says, so do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. He says don't worry, don't worry about what you should eat, what you should drink, what you should wear Because the pagans run after these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Rather, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And everything else is going to kind of work itself out. And so Jesus is talking to this large group of people. And he's assuming that these are the questions that they're asking. Meaning, these are the questions they were asking. Right? When he says, take up your cross and follow me. When he's teaching all these things, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit. Blessed are the poor and, and spirit, and they, for theirs is the kingdom of God. When he's saying all these things, he knows that their automatic response is, okay, cool, yeah. Following Jesus sounds dope. It sounds exciting. That's cool, whatever. But like, yo, what are we going to eat? Like, what are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Like, how is this stuff actually going to play out in reality for us? Conceptually, Jesus, what you're saying, awesome. I get it. I love it. Sounds cute. Sounds fun. I'm in, right? But then there's some pushback of like, yo, but like, how's this thing gonna, gonna play out? He's, and Jesus is like, yo, quit worrying about what you're gonna eat, what you're gonna drink, what you're gonna wear. He says, stop wasting so much worry and stress and focus and energy on these things. Stop allowing these things to be in the driver's seat of your life. This is like a moment of clarity. It's kind of like a, oh, Okay. And then he follows it up and he says, because listen, here's the deal. The pagans chase after these things. He's saying, the people who don't follow Jesus, the people, basically, everyone who doesn't follow me and is understanding this teaching that I'm giving you now, they pursue these things. They allow these things to be in the driver's seat of their life. They allow these things to lead, guide, and direct the course of who they are and where they're going. And he's saying, everybody else apart from Christ followers lives this way. But he's saying, not anymore. Not you guys. This is not the way that we conduct ourselves as Christ followers. This is not the way that God intended. He says, he says, God knows what you need. He says, yo, you think this stuff is lost on God? Like, he doesn't know that you need to eat and drink and, and like, basis of, like, like, you think God doesn't know that? He's like, stop stressing about that. Stop worrying about that. Stop focusing on that. Stop allowing that to lead, guide, and direct your life and inform all of your decisions. He says, God knows what you need. God gets it. And side caveat there. Oftentimes, what we think we need is a little bit different than what God knows we need. We use the word need very liberally in our lives. I need a new pair of shoes. I need a bigger house. I need a new car. I need the latest computer. I need the latest phone. Our concept of need is probably a little different uh, than God. So don't get it twisted and think this is some prosperity thing because it's not. Um, He says, so God knows what you need. And he says this, he says, 
So seek God first, and everything else will fall into line. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things, it'll work itself out. You've got to seek God first. So how do we rise above the noise? How do we rise above the noise of all the different things that are trying to influence us, all the different things that are trying to direct us and distract us and guide us? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. All these things will work themselves out. But Sam, what about the stuff that really vies for our direction, that vies for our leadership, that vies for, you know, jockeys for control of our life, like politics. Like a lot of people make a lot of decisions based on their political scheme and all this stuff, like this law or this policy or bill or candidate or official. You know, what, what, if this person gets elected, my whole life's going to fall apart. But if this person gets elected, it's going to be rainbows, butterflies, and unicorns. And if this happens, then that. And, and we stress so hard and spend so much energy on that. How do we rise above that noise? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all this other stuff. It'll work itself out. Our finances that lead, guide, and direct so much of our life when money is the focus and we're like, oh my gosh, I gotta make more money, gotta make more money, gotta do this, gotta do that. And money is the priority and money is in the driver's seat so often for so many of us. The, the, where we live is dictated by money. Where we work is dictated by money. How we spend our time is dictated by money. How we spend our free time, our work time, our, all of our time dictated by money. What we eat is dictated, everything is dictated by money. And money's, how do we rise above the noise? And take money out of the driver's seat of our life. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all this other stuff. It'll work itself out. Right? Or work. Work is a big thing. You know, I was in California this past week. Um, my, my, my son Jude, my oldest son, he's 10. We do a camping trip when my kids are 5. And then when they turn 10, we say you can pick anywhere in the country. And we'll go there. Right? And luckily he's picked a place where I have family that lives there. So we stayed for free. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. There may have been some chorus, you want to see the ocean? Want to go to California? You know. Um, and so I was in California this past week, and I have two cousins that live there. One is, um, well, I have a bunch of cousins that live there, but one of them's about to graduate high school, and one of them's about to graduate college. And so they're both in these, like, super transitionary periods in life where they got to figure out what's next, and, you know, wh wh how's this going to work? And the conversations that they're having right now deal with this whole work and finances and the whole thing, and they're at the pivotal point in their life where they're having to decide, what's going to be in the driver's seat? Is it going to be money? Am I going to choose a career that makes the most amount of money with the least amount of work? Or am I going to choose quality of life? Am I going to be happy? Am I going to be full of joy? And not, not saying that they're either or. I mean, oftentimes when we're in the perfect will of God, it's both and, right? But they're at this pivotal point where they're like, Man, I don't know. And, and so my cousin Gibson, who's, who's graduating high school, I'm like, yo, man, like, so what are you going to do next? And he's like passionate about music. He's an unbelievable surfer, unbelievable skateboarder, it just this alternative mindset and just super creative. I'm like, what are you going to do? He's like, oh, so I think I'm going to go work for like the Powerline company because, you know, I can make like 80 grand a year. But I'm like, bro, like you're going to work the Powerline company? Like do, do you know anything? I don't know anything about it, but I know they make this much money. He's like, bro, no, 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 no. The conversation we have to have is, listen, money can't be the driving force of what you're going to do with the rest of your life. You will be miserable. You will be sorely disappointed, right? And his parents are having these conversations, and we're having these, like, open discussions of, like, quality of life stuff. Listen, how do we rise above the noise of allowing success over quality of life or promoting long hours to sacrifice the things that actually matter in life? How do we rise? Matthew chapter 6, 
verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Even family. Family vies for control of our life. And we think, you know, family's a good thing. Family's a great thing. I love family. But it can, it can be elevated to the place where God is. And it can try to call the shots. And it can try to dictate everything in your life. Wh- whether it be, you know, your sh- overwhelming schedule or maybe your in-laws are overbearing. Keep the elbows to your spouse at a minimum, okay? All right. <laughs> maybe it's your in-laws. Maybe it's the expectations of your family. You're expected to be at our house every Sunday afternoon for lunch. And so that's like really like a pressure for you. Maybe there's expectations there. Maybe there's, there's limitations of like, yo, you can't follow God the way you want to follow God because of the judgment that you're going to receive and you'll get kicked out of the family if you actually tell people how you feel and how you think and what's going on. And so all of this, and we allow family to become this idol that calls the shots in our lives and designates and directs and guides who we are. How do we rise above that noise? Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that work themselves out right? You say, okay, Sam, I get it. You know, again, just like the people listen to Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, conceptually it sounds cute, right? Conceptually it sounds nice, but what does this look like practically? How does this play out practically? And usually I talk about this stuff, the content um, that I'm going to share right now, I usually talk about it in January when there's like resolutions and uh, everybody's recalibrating their life and refocusing and all that, but Sam, how do I seek First, how do I seek God first in my politics, in my finances, in my work, in my family? Like, for politics, do I just go in the, the voters' poll booth thing and be like, okay, God, guide my pen. This is who I'm voting for. Poof. I'm going to circle right there, and then you look down, and it's like, oh, that's where I'm supposed to write my name, right? <laughs> like, is that how I practically put God, or how do I put God first in my finances? Like, I sit down with my checkbook, I'm like, all right, God, I'm going to pray, and you tell me which bills you think I should pay this month right? I'm going to seek you first. Or at work, you're like, yo, uh, I can't come in today because I'm like really busy seeking God first. So I hope you understand, but today is just going to be like a seeking God first day, and uh, I'll be in maybe this afternoon. If I'm, you know, if I seek him enough today, then I'll come check out this afternoon, but it'll probably be tomorrow because I'm really feeling seeker today, you know? Like it's going to happen. Like is that how you put God first in your, how do you put God first in your family? Like, yo, I can't hang out with my kids right now because I'm in my prayer closet over here with God, and like I can't talk to you, but I can talk to him, and so I'm putting him first because pastor said I got to put him first, and so, you know, you, you can be second, and, you know, a close second, but, but still second, you know? No, that's, that's, that's not the way this thing works, and, and so let me just kind of shift maybe some of your idea, ideology of how this, this kind of plays out practically. It's actually re- really, really simple once you kind of get it. So essentially when we hear put God first, put Jesus first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, we add it to you, when we think of this, Typically, our brain, at least my brain I know, goes to, into list format, right? It's a list. Number one on the list, God, Jesus, his righteousness. Number two on the list, family, right? Number three on the list, Detroit Lions, I mean, work. <laughs> I almost put Detroit Lions at number two, but I thought, no, I better, better keep family there. So it's like, you know, you got these lists, and you prioritize your lists. And you say, okay, I'm going to seek God first, and then this, God, and then this, God and then this, God and then this, right? And we make these lists out of our lives. Well, rather than doing that, rather than it being Jesus then, this, that, or the other, right, in a list form, I would suggest that we orchestrate and organize our lives more like an orbit, okay? Where there's like a central piece, and then there's like hubs that come out of that central piece. And so it's like putting Jesus at the center, and then one of those hubs being your politics, one of those hubs being your family. One of those hubs 
being your work. One of those hubs being your finances. Because when Jesus is at the center and it all stems from that, it's no longer Jesus then this, Jesus then that. It becomes Jesus in this. Jesus in that. So it's not Jesus then my politics, it's Jesus in my politics. It's not Jesus then my work, it's Jesus in my work. It's not Jesus then my finances, it's Jesus in my finances. It's not Jesus then my family, it's Jesus in my family. And when we do that, it changes everything. It changes literally everything. It changes the way we do everything. This is how you rise above the noise. This is how you rise above the noise. This is how you combat the idea that your family is trying to jockey for the reigning of your life. No, if Jesus is in your family, it's going to work itself out. It's going to find its proper place in your faith journey. If Jesus is in your finances, you're going to approach your finances completely different. It's not Jesus then, it's Jesus in. If Jesus is in your work, then yeah, you can be Gibby and you can go hang power lines if you can be Jesus to the power line people crew thing, however that works right? Then it doesn't become so much about what you're doing, but it's why you're doing it and how you're doing it. Does that make sense? That's how you rise above the noise for this stuff to work out. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I know a lot of the people in this room, and I know that you guys do such a diverse group of jobs. I mean, just, just looking around, it's, it's insane. I mean, Tim, you're like an IT dude for like a school district, right? Or am I way off? But yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Something with computers that I don't understand. Scott, you work with computers in a cold, totally different world that I don't understand for Quicken is some like social media something. All I know is you share really good memes. Um, if you don't follow Scott, follow Scott. Uh, Andy, you're like a civil engineer, huh? huh? You, which basically means you just design parking spots and sidewalks, right? Essentially. Yeah. Andy, that's the way his brain works. Michael Allen, what do you do? Huh? Accounting. See, I don't even know what that means, but he does accounting and he kills it. It's Simcoe, you're like a barista, right? Like a, but not like a, like a, oh, here's your McCafe, whatever. You're like legit. You like teach classes and crap, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're like a super legit. Jerry's like owns his own business and anything broken, Jerry will break it worse, right? No, I'm just kidding. Jerry will fix it, right? Jerry does, I mean, Don owns his own saw shop and all that. I mean, all, all these do, do, do crazy different things. And it's not about what you do, but it's why and how you do it. It's Jesus in what you're doing. It's Jesus in your finances, Jesus in your family, Jesus in all of these different things. And so, like everything in life, though, here's the deal. Like everything in life, when we're trying to work this out, when we're trying to rise above the noise, when we're trying to, uh, you know, whatever, it's better and easier within the context of community. It's better and easier within the context of community, with life-giving relationships. If you really, truly want to rise above the noise and consistently keep God at the center of your life and keep God as the Lord of your life and the King and all that stuff, if you want to consistently pursue that, it's so much easier and so much better within the context of community. It's so important that's why it's so important around here that we encourage everybody, get plugged into a community group. Get plugged into a serve team. Get plugged in to the local church. Connect with people. Because doing life together is so much better. It's so much 
easier. And if you want to keep perspective, and you want to keep on the right path, and you want to keep things where they should be in the order of your life, doing life with other people really helps in that. It really helps. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, it says, Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. It's so much harder to do this on your own. Listen, one of the greatest conduits to hearing God are your relationships. One of the greatest conduits for you to hear the voice of God and for you to hear the leadership and guidance of the Holy Spirit is your trusted, healthy relationships. That's one of the best ways that God can talk to you. That's one of the best ways that God can orchestrate things to you and show things to you and communicate things to you and shape things in you. Relationships can be so huge for encouragement, for accountability, for inspiration, for motivation. I mean, this stuff, when people rally around you and encourage you in your gifting and encourage you in your calling, it just, it exponentially makes things easier. Like, exponentially easier. But here's the deal. There's a flip side to this, too. Relationships are also one of the greatest challenges to hearing God. And so we have to be careful what kind of relationships and what relationships we allow to speak into our lives. Who we're allowing to be the voices that are coaching us and encouraging us because relationships can also be a distraction. Relationships can also be perpetuation of bad habits or enabling of poor judgment and decisions. Relationships can also cultivate this comparison trap where we're comparing ourselves to each other and comparing ourselves to other people who are doing similar or the same things to us. Relationships can become idolatry, just like I said, with family. If these friendships and relationships, those voices become more important than the voice of God in your life, then it becomes a problem. But here's the deal. The best thing that you can do my encouragement to you, my challenge to you, the best thing that you can do is find a healthy community. Find a healthy community and dive in. Find like-minded people who are pursuing Jesus. Find like-minded people that are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and pursue that together. Because it can be so healthy, it can be so life-giving, it can be so challenging, it can be so encouraging. Because the reality is so many things are jockeying for our attention. So many things are jockeying for our direction. So many things are jockeying to, to call the shots in our lives. So many things want to get in the driver's seat. So many things. We have to be consistently aware, consistently intentional because we are called, we are challenged to rise above the noise. To rise above the noise of all the junk that wants our attention and that wants to call the shots. We are called to hear God as the primary, not the secondary. We are called to hear God first in all things and allow God to call the shots, not all the other stuff. The other stuff can be good, but it can also be devastating if God is not in the proper position, if God is not at the center of everything that we are and everything that we do. And so some of you in here this morning, you might need to sort of realign your process, you know, with Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 in mind. You might need to realign things, and rather than having a list on your fridge of, you know, God, then family, then Detroit Lions, then work, then whatever, you know, rather than making it a list, maybe you just need to visually, maybe you're a visual learner, draw Jesus at the center and some spokes coming off of that and think, okay, how am I going to be Jesus in my workplace? How am I going to be Jesus in my finances? How am I going to be Jesus in my politics? Well, that's an oxymoron, I think, maybe, potentially. 
you'll, you'll have to work that one out a little bit, a little bit harder, you know. Um, I have some great books you can read if you're interested. Um, but how am I going to be Jesus? How is it going to be Jesus in all of these things? So maybe you need to sort of recalibrate in that way. Or maybe you just need to rise above the noise. You've lost perspective, and this can be a moment of clarity for you. Or you just kind of step back and say, whoa, okay, what is calling the shots here? What is my driving force? What is it that's making me move and making me tick and making me respond and making me act? Like, what's going on here? Is it, am I truly seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? And then all this other stuff will work out? Or am I worried about all this other stuff and then tacking on his kingdom and righteousness at the end on Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11.15 and then calling it good, right? Maybe we need to do some self-reflection this morning. So I've, I've invited the band to come up and lead one more song to kind of give you guys some time and a space to sort of process this before we take off. So let me pray with you real quick. God. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.